Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Is your 401k as sexy as you think? I mean, is it even working for you? I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have a reboot episode from last year. Are your fees eating your 401k with Chris Costello from Bloom?
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. So I just thought, let's shake things up. Why not, right? I'm rebooting an episode from last year that was one of our most popular episodes, and I thought this would be a great episode to bring back to you now that we're starting a new month. We're kind of out of the first quarter of 2018. We've paid our taxes, hopefully, unless you filed an extension like I do every single year, which just means I got to deal with it later on. I kind of always push that off, which is a good thing, but then I always end up really cursing a lot when it comes closer to the time that I have to file my taxes again. But anyway, that's my problem, not yours. So I thought, you know, let's focus on our 401k. Are we giving it love? Are we paying attention to it? Like I said in the intro, is it as sexy as you think it is? Is it even working for you? And this may seem really crazy to you. You may be thinking, well, yes, Shauna, I've picked my funds. My money goes into my 401k each month like magic. What is the big deal? Well, the big deal, my friend, is that if fees in your funds are costing you the gains you're making, maybe it's not a big deal today or tomorrow, but over the course of five or 10 years plus, it can be a big deal in how much cash you've got. And when we're saving for the future, the name of the game is what is the most interest we can earn paying the least amount of fees? It really is that simplistic. Yes, you've got to pick the right funds, quote unquote right funds. I'm putting that in air quotes. Yes, you have to be able to put enough money aside from your paycheck to fund that particular goal. But really the objective is we're looking for the most amount of return with the least amount of costs. And it wasn't until a few years ago where, as financial advisors, as companies that offer particular mutual funds, that they had to disclose really in plain English, right up front, what all of these different funds cost. And I found it fascinating. I was talking to somebody the other day, and she said to me, well, Shauna, I I don't pay anything for my mutual fund. When I select a mutual fund, I just put money in the fund. And yes, that is correct. You know, most mutual funds have a minimum investment that you have to put in that fund. It can be anything. It could be $500. I've seen some $2,000, some $3,000. They're all different. They all have a different price of, of buying that mutual fund. But I thought what was really interesting was that she thought that just because she selected a certain mutual fund and there wasn't an actual price coming out from her wallet for that mutual fund that she wasn't paying a price. And then I showed her the magic words in every mutual fund that is in your 401k. It's something called the expense ratio. And the expense ratio, what it tells you is how much that fund is costing you. It's Two very, very, very magical words for you to pay attention to. If you don't understand anything else about your 401k or the mutual funds you're investing in, no expense ratio. Look for it. You can find it on online. You can find it in any of the documentations likely that your HR department has given you. But that expense ratio, again, that percentage is how much your 
or rather I should say how much that fund is costing you. So if it's costing you, if the expense ratio is 1% and you're earning 5% in that fund over the course of a year, in essence, you're only earning 4% because we have to subtract out the expense ratio. So that's really where a lot of these robo-advisor companies, Betterment, Wealthfront, you know, all of these companies that you're probably more familiar with these days have come about. And a lot of them are using exchange-traded funds, ETFs, low-cost funds, so that more of the gain goes to you, which is the objective. That's what you want. But oftentimes, you know, when we have a 401k, we're not paying attention to those things. We're just saying, okay, we want X percentage of our income going into the 401k. We have, you know, 10 or 12 or however many funds you have to choose from. You know, you make your different selection and you kind of put it on autopilot and you really don't think about it again. But I think this is a good type of a good type of assignment, if you will. I don't like to use the word assignment because that feels like something you have to do. But something that really is super important for your financial future is at least once a year to look at those funds, to look at the expense ratio and to figure out, are those funds costing you more than they should? Are there other funds that maybe might cost you less, but still have virtually the same type of holdings? All of those things. Now, you may look at your funds and, and say, well, these funds are great. They're positioned properly and totally happy with it. That's awesome. But at least giving yourself a little bit of a check-in, I think is really, really important because you're not just taking that money out of your paycheck for nothing. You're taking that money out of your paycheck. So hopefully that money grows over time. So hopefully whenever you want to make a change in your life or you want to achieve a really big goal, that cash is there waiting for you. You know, you've been saving it all these years and it's there, it's hanging out. It's feeling really sexy because you've loved on that money. So I wanted to reboot this episode because I thought this was a really important one. Talking about are your fees eating your 401k? And Chris Costello is owner of a company called Bloom. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times and I just really like what Bloom is doing. I don't personally use Bloom. I'm just going to state that here for you, but I have a lot of friends that do use Bloom and they're very, very happy with the service. I don't have a 401k, so that's why I don't use Bloom. But more than that, I, I think the conversation is just about helping you be aware of what's going on in your 401k and more than that, just getting a really good understanding of fees, how fees and all of your financial um, products, investments, the, the different things that you that you hold and kind of your wealth portfolio, if you will, how the fees can really be detrimental to you. And it sounds really obvious. It sounds like, well, yeah, of course, Shauna, I get it. <laughs> I don't want to pay fees. But you would be surprised at the fees that lurk and hide in different places or the fees that we don't even know we're looking for that are there, that are costing us money on the other end. So I think it's just a really good idea to think about this idea again. But look, before we dive into the Reboot ep episode, I really want to get to know you better. And I'm hoping you'll do me a favor. So Millennial Money is actually competing with other shows to get the most responses to a super, super quick survey. 
and I love a good competition. I was a semi-pro tennis player when I was young, so I love competition. The survey only takes a few minutes of your time, and you can do it straight from your smartphone. So I'd love it if you'd help me out, support the podcast by going to wondery.com slash survey and filling it out. Again, that's wondery.com slash survey. I'll have that link in the show notes as well for you to just easily click over to it. I promise you, you don't even even have to enter your name. You don't have to enter your email address to help us win this contest. And I totally thank you. I totally appreciate you for all your support, for being a listener, a dedicated listener. It just means so very much to me. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today, and I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses, and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations 
all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All right, Chris, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. Your 401k genius is always so appreciated by all of the listeners. So I think to to start off the podcast, um, you know, a lot of people don't really understand their 401k. They know that it's it's something that kind of comes along with their job. They're they're supposed to invest in it, but they don't really understand that they're actually paying fees in their 401k. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how do fees actually impact a 401k and why should we even care? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shana. Thanks so much for having me back on again. I always enjoy speaking with you. And and uh, obviously, it's a topic that I am extremely uh, passionate about. It's I've spent basically uh, ashamed to admit about 22 years around the, the space. And and uh, and it's, it's definitely something that I can talk for quite a long time. So feel free to cut me off at any point if I'm going on too long. Um, well, That just means you're an expert. 22 years means you're definitely expert status. An expert uh, in my own mind. My wife would remind me, you know, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe it'd be helpful just to start just kind of a real like baseline kind of how does my 401k work? Um, and then I can transition easily into um, that. will kind of give you a good platform for a deeper dive into fees. And so uh, a lot of your listeners um, today, uh, I'm sure, are in a position where they're working at a company that offers a 401k. And, and let's also say this. 
401k uh, will probably use that. You and I will probably use that term a lot today, but that's the same thing. It could also be a 403b, you know, for your listeners that might be teachers or work in a non-for-profit or work in a hospital. So instead of a 401k, it's called a 403b. If you're a government worker, you might have a TSP. Those are kind of the three main uh, we'll call employer-sponsored retirement accounts. So as I as we use the term 401k today, that can also mean 403b or TSP. They work exactly the same. And effectively what they are, it's a way in which uh, your company provides the ability to their employers to be able to, I'm sorry, to the employees to be able to take some of their money um, out of their paycheck and defer it, um, specifically in this case, for retirement. So you, you make a conscious decision generally to, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of money out of my paycheck today to put into this account that will grow over time and will be there when I need to retire and I need to supplement my income. Because I think most people know intuitively that Social Security is, is not going to provide anywhere near enough uh, income, assuming it's still solvent at that time um, for people. Most people aren't going to win the lottery. Most people aren't going to inherit a bunch of money. Most people don't have a business to sell for millions of dollars. So for, for most Americans, it's this retirement savings account um, that will really dictate whether or not they could ever stop working. Um, and stopping working means different things to different people. Sometimes it's just knowing that you're in a position um, that you could stop working at any point doesn't mean you will. I remember before Bloom, we used to work with clients. Our, our, site, our focus was very narrowly on people that were making the transition, about to make the transition from work life into retirement. And a lot of times people who were still working that could have easily financially afforded, you know, could have afforded to retire. But just like that peace of mind of knowing, we used to call it like the two strike rule. And if they ever had like two bad days at work in a row, they know that they can walk <laughs> in and resign at any time. And they had the, you know, the financial assets set aside um, to make a go of it. Um, and uh, so, and so, you have, you have options, right? It gives you, yeah. it gives you options down the line of, of what you want to do. That is a great way of saying it. Having choice is so important. And, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about this when I talk to young people about debt. You know, debt, the biggest thing that debt does is it ruins choice. It takes choice away. You, you have to do certain things, work certain places um, because you have this debt. The same thing can be said for financial independence. Um, and that can mean different things to different people. Some people will continue working like I used to see my existing clients do. Other people might want to, when they reach financial independence, go do something that feeds their soul and not their pocketbook. And having the ability to be able to do that is what I think this is all about. You know, we talk a lot about uh, at Bloom that we're fixing people's 401ks. We're, I mean, yes, that's the actual act that we're doing, we're helping, we're, we're optimizing their 401k. But really what we're doing is we're putting people in a position so that they might actually be able to stop working sooner and have that choice maybe a couple years sooner than, than had it not been for Bloom. So, so back, back to the 401k, you, you've chosen um, to defer some money out of your paycheck. It goes into this account. It comes out pre-tax, which is a benefit. So effectively there, it basically means there's less money for the IRS to tax you on if you take some of that and put it in the 401k. Once it goes into the account, there's actually a, a, a fairly decent misperception about how these things work. There's a, there's a segment of the population that thinks that 
all I need to do is decide how much of my money to put into the 401k. And then my employer basically takes it from there. And, and you and I both know that that is definitely not the case. Yes. You still have to. That's not what you want. Yes. To your employer is not managing your 401k or your 403b4. You still have to go in and tell um, the uh, institution, whether it's Fidelity or Vanguard or whoever is holding your company's 401k, you have to give them instructions on where to direct that money. And obviously, that is a very, very important um, decision and task to do. And you know, one of the things we talk about at Bloom all the time is that wealthy people, when they're faced with that type of decision, they get to march in the door of their professional financial advisor, you know, what I used to do before Bloom, my clients that were still working, I had eyes on every single one of their 401ks at their employer, and I would help them manage the investment, pick the investment options for them. But if you don't have a lot of money and you don't have access to a financial advisor, that's why so many people are having to DIY this. Another reason we'll talk about later why we think Bloom is, is doing very important work. And so you then pick these options inside of your, your 401k, you tell the, the institution where I want my savings, I want it to invest here or there, how much in stocks versus bonds, diversification, things of that nature. We'll talk about fees in just a second. And then that money, in, when it's inside the 401k, over time should grow, obviously. It's the purpose of investing. It's the purpose of, you know, the reason we take a, take some risk in investing money is we're expecting a return on that. And so, you know, the, the contributions you're putting to this plus the growth of the markets over time, you know, we, we hope at some point grows to, to be a significant enough amount that allows us to um, have that choice and have that ability maybe to stop working and start to live off of those reserves. And so the, the, I think the purpose that you wanted to talk more, more in depth about is fees. And sadly, yes. um, sadly, the fees in these accounts, it's, it's one of the most opaque uh, things, I think, in our life in terms of the cost of something. You know, we, we live our lives and we, uh, as consumers, are extremely knowledgeable about the price of things, except for, in my opinion, two areas. Number one, when you go into a doctor or an emergency room, we never have any idea what half the stuff in there costs, an x-ray costs, how much is an appendectomy. You know, expensive and a lot. Expensive <laughs> and a lot. And somehow we've just been conditioned to like tolerate that there's no you know, ability to see these prices. And it's funny sometimes when you ask the people, the staff inside of the doctor's office or the emergency room, like what something costs, it's almost like they, they look at you like you've got two heads or something. Like, why would you ever, you know, ask a question like that? So, so certainly probably not going to ever know the answer to that. And then the other industry where I feel like this is happening is in largely in financial services and, and specifically today within this um, employer-sponsored retirement account space. Very few people, if you had a, Shannon, if you and I could do a quick poll of like, you know, if we got a hundred of our friends into a room and we said, and I, and I asked, they said, raise your hand if you know what all the fees are inside of your 401k. My guess is that, that, that probably only 10 people out of a hundred would raise their hands. And um, I'll also say this because I'm a guy and I can say this, all 10 of the hands raised would be men because their their egos have gotten in the way. Of course, I know what I'm paying. Yes, yes. I know exactly how my 401k works, you know, and uh, don't be, be disrespectful of men. I've just done this test a lot. And usually it's the men that, that, that want to act like they, they know what's going on. And probably half of them really don't, uh, at least, um, because 
And part of the reason is because I think that the deck has been stacked against people. It is hard to really ascertain truly what it is that you're paying inside of this account. You know, if you're good, maybe you can read the prospectus, you know, and turn to page 37 and be able to understand the legal ease and understand which of the fees apply to you. Um, and, and, and so therefore I think the industry has made it very hard to understand what these are, but let's say, let's say we do understand, let's say we've, we've cracked the code and, and, uh, we've, we've, we've peeled back the layers and we can now see inside of your 401k and we can see, um, kind of what these feeds look like. Here's the other crazy thing um, that uh, that I think is just ludicrous that happens inside the massive 401k retirement space is that you could be working at an employer with a Fidelity 401k and your next door neighbor could work at a different company that also is using Fidelity for their 401k provider. And you could be paying 10 times the amount of fee as your next door neighbor with the same Fidelity 401k. Because as you know, it wow, all de- that that is shocking. Yeah, it all. De- yeah, because it all depends on like um, what what has to happen is that your company, first of all, has to make a decision to even offer a 401k. I mean, there, you and I could also have another episode talking about the, the unfortunate fact that there's like 55 million people in America today. Some people listening to this podcast right now that get up in the morning go to work at an employer that doesn't even offer a retirement account. And that's a whole other rant I could go on. I mean, we're talking a big segment of the population doesn't even have the ability to save in a pre-tax account like a 401k because of a decision that maybe their boss or the business owner made, which is unfortunate. Um, and so, but, but, but back to these, these other folks that do have this 401k, the business owner, decision makers chosen to offer a 401k, then usually they've engaged with some type of a financial advisor or broker or plan consultant that comes in and advises that company, that business owner on which funds to put into um, the lineup that the employees can pick from. They'll also advise the business owner, you know, should you use Fidelity for your 401k platform or should you use Vanguard or Principal or, you know, John Hancock or, you know, a myriad of the, of the other choices out there. And that absolutely can vary wildly from plan to plan in terms of how much money um, the participants are paying. And does that matter? Hell yes, it matters. Because because think this is the way I think that the people can remember kind of how fees inside your 401k work. Everybody knows how termites in your house works. Termites are these things that you really don't often see with the naked eye inside of your house, but left to run rampant, they can do massive damage to the home and ultimately, you know, effectively in the worst case scenario, you know, crumble the support structure of the home if they're not kept in check. It's the same thing that happens with these fees inside of your 401k. They're generally naked to the, to the, you know, unvisible to the naked eye because of, you know, they've just been kind of designed that way to keep those from you. Um, and left unchecked, they can absolutely be chewing at, eroding your retirement, your retirement, not the company's money, your retirement savings is getting robbed in these fees that you may not even know about. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, I mean, most people just get purely stuck on the piece that you you would bloom really help, which is I don't even know what to pick to put in my 401k, yeah. you know, so I'm going to close my eyes and point or I'm going to pick whatever my friend 
picked or, you know, right. I, I just have no idea. So most people get stuck on that piece alone, let alone going even further to to the fees. You know, we could be in a market like we're in now where, you know, we've been in, in a relatively up market and you're you're thinking, oh, my 401k must be booming, you know, but because of maybe not making the, the right choices and maybe not understanding fees, you're you're left behind in years where you know you would hopefully be making good gains to kind of counteract if we if we have a down year. Yeah, you know, I think I think the best way to to summarize this um, in terms of maybe what the impact could be on this, we have, we have a tendency, I think, um, uh, to talk a lot about like. Um, and, and by the way, at Bloom, when, when, when folks come to Bloom, even when they're just kind of assessing the health of their 401k for free, we give them a sense of what not, not only their allocation looks like, but what their actual fees look like, because we have so much data now across the country on these plans. Um, and we give, we give somebody that assessment and we show them kind of what they're paying right now and how that compares to, you know, a good average out there. Um, but it can, I mean, we've got tons of clients right now where, you know, it depends on a how egregious the fees are inside of your 401k. It depends on you know, is there both high fee funds inside of your 401k to pick from, and some low cost index funds to pick from? So, is there a big delta, a big difference between the 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 expense ratios of these funds? You know, how how much is in your account today? How long till you retire? Those are all factors that go into a calculation that we can make for people that we show people. This is hey. If you kind of continue on at this current path of kind of getting lulled to sleep and not really knowing what the fees are, it can actually it actually could turn out to be hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your account balance at the very end versus um, you know if you if you didn't get a handle on these fees. And what we're starting to do is talk more often about sometimes those numbers almost seem too large to even comprehend. But yeah. what 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 really matters. And what's really at stake here is like I was talking about earlier, that kind of difference, Shanna, I mean, that absolutely can make the difference between being able to stop working maybe a year or two, a couple of years sooner. And I would say in life, you know, how important is that to be able to potentially put more time between your last day at a job that you may or may not love and your last day on planet Earth? And that's what's at stake in not only what you know, what Bloom's doing with just, you know, how we're helping people with their allocation, but trying to rid out some of these fees too. And again, every plan's different. Some plans are, are, have done, a, I think, a great job of minimizing and mitigating um, these high fee funds, but there's a lot of them out there um, that it, it literally, I mean, somebody could be paying one and a half percent a year in fees, it's getting it's coming out of their money each year, and their next door neighbor could have um, a choice of funds that are like a tenth of a percent, you know. And you start looking at that difference uh, over over a twenty or thirty year, thirty five year working time period, and the numbers get big pretty quickly. So, how would the average four hundred one k four hundred three b you know person? How would they figure out? what in the world they're paying? Well, I'm going to try and answer this without it sounding like this is, you know, self-serving for what Bloom is doing. But I mean, this is, I mean, as you know, as you know, Shannon, this is one of the reasons, big reasons why we started this company four and a half years ago, as I had been in this industry long enough to see that I remember, I'll tell you another story. I remember 
for many, many years, again, this is back before Bloom, when I was a, a, a financial advisor working in some of the big brokerage firms, I remember um, I do this little kind of social experiment every single time I get a chance. When I would meet with a prospective client that had a 401k, I would always ask them, I said, well, what are, you, what are you paying inside of your, what are your expenses inside of your 401k right now? Not only would I get the answer from a lot of people, um, I mean, it's one thing to say I don't know. Actually, a lot of people, you know what they'd tell me? They would say, oh, I'm not paying anything at all. There's no fees inside of this. And I'm just thinking, you know, we, I remember we've got, I'm in Kansas City and American Century is in my hometown and they've got two massive buildings down on the plaza. And I'd always, you know, anytime I, somebody had an American Century 401k, I'm like, well, how do you think they're affording those huge buildings down there? You know, they're, they're not a not-for-profit company here. And what was happening is they weren't, the client wasn't seeing any fees in their statement. They weren't writing a check for those fees each month. They weren't doing a bill pay for those fees. And they didn't realize that the investments themselves had, themselves had these internal fees that were part of the funds. Every single fund on planet Earth charges some type of an internal fee. It's just not a debit that you see. It just comes out of the value of the account. It's like these termites you don't see. And so I knew that this and I think that's an important point, right? Because especially for people who are just starting with their 401k, it's not like you end up writing a check right. out of your yes. bank account at the end of the year, but it's coming out of your retirement bank account. Correct. Here, here, so here's another way I, I used to explain it to those people. Let's say, let's say, let's say you had $10,000 on January 1st in your account. And at the end of the year, you had um, eleven thousand dollars. So you know, quick math, you made a thousand dollars on ten thousand dollars. You know, that's a, about a ten percent rate of return. If the investments that you used that year charged one percent, then basically what you would have had is you would have had an extra hundred dollars in the account at the end of the year. Instead of eleven thousand, you would have had eleven thousand one hundred. But those fees were coming were coming out of the value of your account during the course of that year. So you only saw that 10% rate of return. And again, using those examples, you're like, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, what if you could have gotten that same 10% return, hypothetically, but you only had to pay one tenth of one percent to get there? Okay, then you would have actually had $11,090. And again, that may not seem like a, a lot now, but give me 35 years and compound interest and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's where the, those numbers get big. So, all right, let's talk about, though, um, how somebody might get a handle on these fees to your, to your question. If, if inside their 401k, all of the options inside of there are um, – publicly traded mutual funds um, that have ticker symbols that, I mean, you could literally, if they did, you could go into Yahoo Finance online and type in that ticker symbol uh, into Yahoo Finance and work your way over to the profile page of that fund. And you can see very quickly um, what the expense ratio is on that. And you can make yourself a little list in there. And that gets you pretty close to what you're being charged. But the problem is oftentimes, the funds inside of these plans, they don't have readily identifiable ticker symbols um, that we're used to because maybe they're, a, they're a, an SMA type account or a, a collective investment trust, a CIT inside of some of these bigger 401k plans. And so there, it's, there's no really easy way to identify and, and see what those expense ratios are. Sometimes I think 
we're starting to see just a tiny bit more of transparency. Sometimes when you log into your 401k and you look at all your choices occasionally, if you kind of scroll across the columns, you'll see, you know, kind of the performance of the fund maybe. Um, and occasionally they'll publish that internal expense ratio in there. Um, and so, you know, you could, you could get a sense of the price of those there. Um, clearly what we've done at Bloom though, is we've built a service that does that for people. So we, we keep a database, uh, and it grows every single day as more people come to the Bloom site, uh, you know, tens of thousands of different data points around plans across the, you know, across the country so that, you know, especially for some of the, you know, the fortune 500 companies where we've got clients at already, um, you know, they could, people can come to the Bloom site and actually see, what they're paying today and potentially what those fees could drop to. Um, and then also see f- firsthand kind of what that a dollar amount might turn out to be, you know, by the time they retire. It, it, it is. And, 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 you know, the other thing that uh, I'd like to talk about with fees too, is that f- fees are important clearly um, uh, because we, we talk about with our clients um, trying to control the things that you can control. And I think when it comes to investing in my opinion, there's really only three things that you kind of have a fighting chance of controlling. Number one, I think you kind of need to get the overall decision right about how much to have in stocks versus how much to have in bonds kind of over your working career. And as you know, Shanna, that, that answer changes as you get older. Um, and there's no one right answer. You know, th- there's no answer that says if you're 28 years old, you must have, you know, 91% in stocks and 9% in bonds. But you and I both know you definitely shouldn't have 90% in bonds or cash if you're that age and this is retirement money. So the first thing is to kind of get right your stock to bond ratio. And those are things as human beings that we have control over. Okay. We can, we can get that right with a little bit of help. Um, advisor, bloom, a little bit of research on your own, you can you can get that roughly right. The second thing is we can control fees. We have a fighting chance. It may take some work if you're not using Bloom. If you're doing it on your own, it can be done. If you research and you're smart about, hey, inside of my 401k, uh, I need some large cap stock exposure. There's one fund here. I see that the expense ratio is 1.2%. There's another fund that I can use and it's 0.2%. So there's a full 1% difference in there. You can make a conscious decision to use that lower cost fund. That is something that we as human beings have the ability to control. The last thing, and this, this trumps everything else. If you don't get this third thing right, fees and stock to bond ratio do not matter at all. And that is you can control your behavior. And what I mean by that is most people, when left to their own devices, do not actually ever achieve anything close to the rate of return of the actual stock market investments. I'm sure you've seen the studies that show what the rate of return of the market has been over the last 20 or 30 years versus the average investor, the average human being. And there's that big gap there. And it's because most people on their own that don't have a financial advisor they can lean on, um, don't have help. When the market goes down, they get scared. They panic out. Um, conversely, uh, we see this all the time. We call these water cooler funds inside of people's 401k. Uh, you'll be at the water cooler at work and your coworker says, man, I made 70% in this precious metals fund last year. 
and and you walk back to your desk and you log into your 401k and you buy that precious metals fund, you know, after, after it has made 70% and right in advance of when it tanks by 33%. And it's this constant chasing of the winners and bailing out of the losers that is costing it. That is costing multiples. I hate to say it because I know this, the topic today is fees, but that kind of behavior is costing investors multiples of what they're losing in fees, multiple of what they might be losing by picking the wrong funds. Um, so again, it's, it is kind of get your allocation roughly right, mitigate fees, but most importantly, do not sell when things go down and panic and do not chase winners. Those types of things have proven to show over and over and over why average investors seriously underperform either people with help. You hear about this, you know, things like the market's rigged. Yeah, it's rigged when you are do, taking action like that. Um, you know, when when you're when things are going on sale, we talk about things going on the sale when you're when you're selling when you should be buying. That's why you're not getting the rate of return that you should in the stock market. Yeah, and I think you know behavioral finance is something that a lot of people don't don't really talk about, and it's a very very real thing. You know how you think, act, mm-hmm. and feel about money uh, could make a big difference in your overall you know, quote unquote wealth, you know, you, you know, the, the goals that you're able to achieve just, just literally about the behavioral side of how do you react, you know, with your yes. money. And I, and that kind of leads me yes. to, to my next question. Um, you know, we've, we've talked to you before about Bloom. I want you to kind of give the listeners a little bit more of a feel about how Bloom works. And, you know, a lot of questions I get is, are, uh, you know, services like Bloom, you know, does that mean I'm, I'm giving away control of my money? Mm-hmm. How would you, mm-hmm. how would you, you know, talk to that, to that listener that that's kind of on that fence? Yeah. Well, so I think I could definitely answer that question. Let me back up a little bit and, and maybe kind of come into it from the why perspective. So, because I think that that it is very important to kind of tell the reason, the whole reason behind why you know myself and Kevin decided to, to you know walk away from uh, effectively a wealth management business that we had built from zero to a half a billion dollars of, of assets under management. It was um, you know a wonderful business. Still, still exists, just not involved with it anymore. Was we had seen um, a couple of what we thought were atrocities might be a strong word, but just this, this massive dysfunction in financial services. Number one, um, the, the last firm that we had built, um, my own mom and dad didn't have enough money to qualify to get in the front door effectively. Now, don't, I don't want your people, your listeners to think I'm an a-hole. Of course, I helped them. Of course, they were clients of my firm. But had it not been my firm, my, my own mom and dad, you know, given that, you know, the, the situation that they were in, they, no financial advisor would have spent any time helping them. Um, and so their only option was to DIY it, to try and figure it out themselves. Um, and then the second thing that happened was I, I, I've, I got asked, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time too, Shanna. I got asked all the time, just living my life from my next door neighbor, old college friends, um, current friends, people I'd meet out socially. When they find, when they found out that I was a financial advisor, they'd almost always ask me. They'd say something like, "I've got this thing at work. They call it like a 401k or something, and uh, I, I've got money coming out of my paycheck that's going into this account, I think, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be picking the investments or is my employer handling that? And, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, uh, can you give me some help with it? And I'd say, yeah, of course I will. Just take a copy of that 401k statement and email it over to me. 
and I'll take a look at it. And it seemed like 80 or 90% of the time, I would look at my friends, my old college friends, somebody I'd meet, whatever, their 401k statement, and it was a complete mess. There was clearly no strategy. It was like it just a vomited random smattering of funds, you know, and every possible mistake, you know, from the water cooler fund that I talked about earlier to somebody that had invested in four or five different target date funds, which is not how you're supposed to use those. Or, um, you know, the young person, like you've heard me tell the story before about my sister who had every bit of a retirement savings in the money market and she didn't even know about it. It wasn't even invested and she missed the, ma- the massive run in the market from 09 to 2013. And she's my own sister. And, uh, and, you know, just every mistake we saw. And so Kevin and I decided um, at one late night in January of 2013, um, Kevin emailed me. Uh, this is basically what started Bloom. He emailed me late at night, January 2013, and said, you know, Wall Street has made a habit of running in the opposite direction of people with small accounts. Maybe we should build something and run towards them. And that literally is what started the ball rolling um, to build Bloom. We saw what Betterment was doing and Wealthfront and Future Advisor and some of these others. And we noticed very click- quickly, man, nobody is building out this type of access, this portfolio management process for, for people that, um, that have these 401k accounts. You know, I mean, to be a client of Betterment or Wealthfront, they don't do, they don't handle individual 401ks. You can't go take your individual 401k and sign up to be a client of those firms. You have to roll it to an IRA first, which obviously you can't do until you leave that company. And so there's like 80 or 90 million people today that have a 401k or a 403b at their employer today. And we wanted to build something to help that segment of the market, specifically the underserved segment, specifically the people that don't have millions of dollars um, in their account. Because we know that for a lot of average Americans, the 401k might be their biggest retirement. There might be their biggest asset, period. It might either be their biggest source of wealth today, and then in it, and it's the biggest source or opportunity standing in the way or giving them the ability at some point to stop working. Uh, so we wanted to come at this problem, this lack of access to, prof- to professional help, by going through um, the door towards these 401k accounts. And you know, to your question about giving up control or giving up access, it, you, you probably have um, a, a more savvy audience than I would say if you looked at kind of the average cross-section of middle America that have these accounts. And there's definitely going to be uh, a number of your, uh, of your listeners that are totally confident in how they're managing their accounts. Like, you know, they find finance easy. They understand the difference between large cap and small cap and emerging markets and tips and things of those nature. Maybe they've even got a handle uh, on, on what their fees are. But my guess is there's probably a lot of people that listen um, to, to this, Shanna, and they're, they're trying to um, better themselves, but they're just not confident that they can totally do it themselves. And they're, maybe they don't have the desire to really dig in and become an expert. And that's obviously where Bloom can come in. You don't, in terms of like giving up control, uh, I, I always remind our clients that keep in mind, you still, you're not, yes, you're giving Bloom the ability to go into your 401k and make the changes for you and rebalance it for you and adjust it for you as you get closer. And, you know, as you creep towards retirement every single year, you know, we make adjustments to the allocation so that it gets a slight bit more conservative as you get closer to retirement. But 
that we're, that doesn't stop any of our clients at all at any point from going in and a pulling the plug on Bloom. You pay Bloom ten bucks a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you're not getting the value, if you're not getting ten bucks worth of value from Bloom, you need to fire us. If we're not doing a good enough job in conveying to you what it is that Bloom is doing for you for ten dollars a month, you should fire us tomorrow. And I have no. I'm not, I would never hide behind that. I mean, if we cannot deliver that kind of value, then then you should march and, and vote with your wallet and cancel the service. Um, and that's on us. That's 100% on us. We did not deliver the kind of value you were expecting uh, in one way, shape, or form. But we didn't clarify that enough. Um, but it, so at any point, you can cancel it. At any point, you can log in to your 401k and unwind, if you will, um, what Bloom is doing. Now, this gets back to what I said earlier. I'm really worried that when the market dives, and Shannon, you and I know it will at some point. We don't know when, but we absolutely know the market's going to go down. I even put out a video recently, and I told our clients, I guarantee if you stay with Bloom long enough, you're going to see the value of your the account that Bloom is managing. I guarantee you'll see it decline in value, 100%. It's not if, it's when and how many times between now and you you retire. That is the way the market has always worked. It will always work that way. And so many people, when the first time they see that thing, their account balance decline, oh my gosh, something's wrong. The market is, there's something wrong. This is the end of the world. Chicken Little is right. The sky is falling. Bloom, you know, Bloom doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> and they bail. And that's that behavior stuff I was talking about earlier. And they sell out of everything or they stop contributing to their 401k. My gosh, who would not like to go back to 2008, 2009? When the whole world was on fire, who would not love to go back and buy right now? Who would not love to take a time machine back with any every penny you have and buy as much of everything you could in 08 and 09? And average individual investors left to their own devices weren't buying. They were selling and they were stopping contributing to their 401k. And it's like, my gosh. I mean, in theory, if you're a millennial and you're listening to this today, you should want the market to be as shitty for as long as possible because you're still accumulating. You're buying. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this money that you're putting into your 401k, you're getting these incre- insanely low prices if the market was down. I mean, you should get excited and amped up the next time that the market takes a big dive. Now, you don't want it to be that way if you're you know, about to step into retirement, obviously. But for your listeners, man, they should get super excited. And if there's any room in their budget when the market goes down to increase their 401k contributions, that would be so smart um, to do. Uh, well, Chris, this has been an absolutely awesome uh, conversation. I think we have discovered like three other podcasts we can pull out from this one podcast. So that is amazing. Uh, so tell listeners, you know, where can they find out about Bloom and uh, where can they learn about, you know, how you how you actually work a little bit more in depth? Yes. Thank, well, thank you. So Bloom, uh, the first thing, Bloom is spelled with three O's. Uh, if you go to Bloom with two O's, you can shop, I think, for online cosmetics. Um, you know, not bashing that, but uh, clearly you're not going to get help with your retirement account. Uh, but if you if you if you would like just a totally free assessment of the health of your 401k, and by health I mean your allocation and your fee structure. Anybody with an, a 401k or a 403b for free can go to Bloom's website. If you'll take three or four minutes, if it takes you much longer than that, you can email me, chris at bloomwith3os.com. It should not take you longer than three or four minutes. 
go through the process, get the health of your 401k analyzed, get an, an understanding maybe for the first time how your fees stack up. And then if you decide, only if you decide that you're like, I would love to outsource this. I would love it if, if Bloom could manage this for me. This is what we hear all the time, like, where has this been for many years? I need something like this. Then you can choose to sign up at the very end for $10 per month. But at a bare minimum, anybody listening to this that has a 401k or 403b, you owe it to yourself to take these three or four minutes go to the site and at least get that free assessment um, on your account. And then from there, the decision obviously is yours. So let's make a commitment. Let's all make our 401ks sexy again. Let's bring the love back in our 401ks. Even if Bloom is not right for you, hopefully you learned a lot from this episode. If you listen to it before, like I said, it's always good to reboot. I think topics like this, because I don't think we can ever hear I don't think we can ever hear discussions like this too much, you know, to be thinking about fees, to be thinking about how all of our investments are working, and if we're really being the best managers that we can be of those investments. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game, and if you love this podcast, please do me a favor, shout it out to your friends, share it on social media, and make sure that you head to wandry.com slash survey to help us win the survey contest. <laughs>